When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. A bonus episode coming your way today. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And we are joined by a very special guest, Luca Celebre of TSN, joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on, my man. Thank you so much. And how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Always always love talking to Ash whenever I can. So this is always awesome. fun. We love it, man. Well, hey, I first started recognizing you. You did a lot of stuff with the abs this year, uh, social media-wise. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your story, about how you became an abs fan? Because are you from the Toronto area to start with? Yeah, I am from Toronto. I've grown up in Canada and Toronto specifically or just north of the city kind of all my life. But um, when I first loved hockey and started getting into hockey was the early 2000s. It was after the second cup run. Um, but I remember watching like my cousin is a big hockey fan and he his first team is the Leafs, but his second team is the Abs. he always says. And it's because of Joe Sackick. And so when I first started watching hockey, like he was the guy that I just fell in love with immediately and was like, okay, that you're my guy now. Like I'm following you. I'm cheering for you. I'm cheering for your team. Um, and like, I think the, the earliest memory I have of him is just playing for team Canada. And those in the, uh, was it 02 or 04? I think it was the 02 Olympics. I think it was 02. That was Salt yeah. Lake city, right? Yeah. I always get it confused with, I think it was the 04 world cup of hockey or they did the world cup of hockey every, every so often too, but what, whatever, regardless, he, he won <laughs> tournament MVP at those Olympics and like had an unreal game against the United States in the final and um, kind of sealed it. So like, that was just a, a solidifying moment for me of like, okay, he's my favorite player. I'm going to follow this team for the rest of my life. Like these are my guys. So that's how, that's how a kid from Toronto became an avalanche fan. How hard was that not to resist the urge to be a Leafs fan? Cause I imagine in the Toronto area. I've never been, but I imagine it's Leafs 24 seven and it's Leafs everywhere. Like how hard was it not to get sucked into that trap of cheering for the Leafs? It was, it was Leafs 24 seven. It still is always obviously. <laughs> um, but honestly, it wasn't as hard as you would think. Like I grew up not really like the first kind of few years of my life where I was born in 95. So I guess the first like six, seven years of my life, I, I didn't really, I didn't play hockey. Like my cousins liked hockey. I'd watch it with them. Um, but I really didn't have a, like a rooting interest in, and I played soccer being an Italian kid. I just played soccer, obviously. So, um, but when I first like started liking hockey, everyone liked them. And so I really didn't feel an allegiance to them. Like I kind of just felt great to be the guy that like, didn't like them and just went against them. So, um, it felt, it felt always, and honestly, my family is some Montreal Canadians fans and them like just cousins that are. Habs fans. So we have Habs, we have Leafs, and then I'm the only Habs fan. So it, it worked out kind of perfectly. Yeah, you chose the right side. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, there's um, a pretty pretty stark difference between the two, especially in the last last couple of years. I mean, I guess by extension, you can say you're also part of a Quebec Nordiques fandom as well. It can still kind of fit into that category as well, just by extension. But you know, Joe Sackick and the Avalanche. Yeah, it's either that or the Leafs. If you're holding a gun to my head and forcing me to pick, it's a, I'm on your side. It's not a very hard choice. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. So, so who? So Joe Sackett was your favorite player. We had those lean years in the early 2000s where the team was getting older, kind of going through that turnover. Um, I I was – I'm the same age as you. I was born in 94, so I remember those years. My dad had season tickets all the time, and we couldn't give them away. That's how lean it got mm-hmm. for a couple of years. When did you really start to, like, think that this abs team was going to be good again? Like, they had a chance to win a cup. Oh, um, that's a great question. I mean, I feel like I remember those, those like mid 2000s teams when I was in like grade seven, grade eight, and even like, even in high school, I feel like they they were, I mean, they always were in the playoffs. It seemed like until yeah. just that certain point where it was like, okay, now we have to get used to them not being in the playoffs. And, and that was a thing, but, um, I, I thought they were going to, they had some great teams. Like I remember, I feel like those those battles with the stars just in the playoffs stand out yeah. in my mind. I remember the shark series that that they I believe they lost a couple or maybe it was one or two to the sharks that that I just just kind of sticks out in my mind. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, more recently when I kind of thought that the turnaround would happen, um, I don't know. It's hard to pinpoint a moment where it was just like okay, we're going to be good again. It, it all kind of happened really fast because like you, you come in last place and you get, you lose the draft lottery that year, which in hindsight was the best thing that ever could have happened. Um, but you lose the draft lottery and it's like, okay, what else is going to go wrong? And then your only superstar player outside of McKinnon wants to leave and he's not happy. And then that's the thing that like, little do you know, that's the thing that's going to literally change your franchise. And like, as soon as he stepped off the ice and got traded, it was like, okay, now we're good again. Like that, that was when it was like, okay, now we're good again. So I guess the moment, if, if you want to like talk about a moment, like that Nashville series, like Nashville was a really good team that year. And I, yeah. I feel like the apps kind of pushed them and it definitely got lucky that it went six with like that Andrew Hammond game. But I mean, they fought and they fought to six and pushed them to six. And it felt like, okay, you know what? Like, we've got some really good pieces here. Like, McKinnon is amazing. Rantanen's amazing. Landeskog's amazing. We can make this work for sure. Like, this is a really good core. And so, um, that, and then I, I think a lot of people say the Calgary year, like, oh, just yeah. beating Calgary in the first round was something. But like, that season for me, I going into that playoff series, I, I honestly was just so confident. I was like, we got these guys. Like, I, I don't know yeah. what it was. Like they were obviously they were the best team in the West that year, but I, I just felt like the abs were so good. And it was like a lot of people that haven't seen the abs play, like you're going to see why they are a really good team this year. And like, I was not surprised at all that they beat the flames. Yeah. I remember I, I, I was watching, they were shown on NHL network. I think it was game three, Kale McCarr's first goal. Oh, yeah. And just that team was literally Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog, and a whole bunch of nobodies afterwards. Like, I still love the Sven Andragettos, the Gabriel Borks, the Colin Wilsons. Like, that yeah. team was that team was really fun. But I agree with you on that point. Like, when Duchesne walked off the ice in New, in New York, it was like, yeah. okay, that's one chapter closing, and we're ready to start a new one. And it was – it has been just a crazy – run of how smart Joe Sackick's been as a GM, just all the smart moves. Um, looking back on that team from what is that three, four years ago against Calgary to now, yeah. it is a master class of building a team. So yep. it all started with the Duchesne trade. Cause it's funny. Cause when you really think about it, that was the, like the last normal playoff year until this one. Yeah. Cause we were still the second wild card at that point. And really it was two, two years of these weird, playoffs and you come back to this one all of a sudden the abs are this powerhouse all of a sudden and goes all the way to win the stanley cup what was that experience like for you this season of having the avalanche have all these expectations this season they've lost in the playoffs a couple years in a row you can really start to feel the pressure build but as the season goes on it's very obvious how good this team is and they obviously go all the way to win what was this season like for you yeah it's i always think it's so weird the 
just the talk around this team. Like, I feel like people make them feel or like talk about them like they're the Leafs of the West or the yeah the Leafs of the West. Or it's Thank just like, you. Thank yeah, you. The, like the Sharks lost. They they weren't supposed to be there. Like they were ahead of their time. They took them to seven. A weird offside play really changed that game. And McKinnon got hurt that game too. And so you're miss- and and they lost by a goal or two. I think empty netter made it a two goal game. And it's just like okay, you went into the Shark Tank in Game Seven, pushed a really good San Jose team on the last kind of leg of their cup window to seven games when you weren't even supposed to be Calgary. And then the year after you've got Hutch and net in game seven against Dallas, like that their whole team was hurt that series. They fought back from down three, one. And then you have the Vegas here, which is the only playoffs. I felt like it's been a disappointment was that being up to nothing. You've Thank swept you. the blues. You won six games in a row and then you lose four. Like, how could you not be disappointed by that? And so if they were to lose again this year and would have lost, like, yeah, that would be a disappointment because I feel like they've kind of established themselves as this powerhouse team that um, everyone is picking to win the cup year in and year out. But only last year, the Vegas series, it finally it felt like, like, okay, yeah, this is finally disappointing. It's not like they've, overachieved they've underachieved this year so yeah this year I, I don't know it felt felt this year like there was finally just pressure on them from an outside perspective of like okay and you've had that series where you lost and you were supposed to win you were up to nothing and you just got blown out four games in a row and like it, it wasn't a series and now like okay like your move like you you guys think you're this amazing team like everyone thinks you are but you got to go do it now and so um that that kind of them them doing that was really cool to see just it, it really was and, and obviously silencing the critics is always fun when when your team does that so just that that storyline of it all was was really fun to watch and seeing how they kind of like handled all the pressure and just even their post-game media avails after like losing some games where like you'd see abs fans on twitter just going nuts <laughs> we're gonna lose like after yep. like after, after every yeah, after loss. every loss in the playoffs. All the four world. of them. Yeah, exactly. The four. Exactly. It's like after – and to be fair, like I I was – I mean, you, you hate losing. Like it sucks. Yeah. But they're just people that are like throwing in the towel after you lose one game to the Blues and are like, yeah, we're done. Like yeah, you know, they've, they figured us out. Like we're not strong enough and we're not fast enough. Like they figured our game out and it's just like, okay. Like, relax. Like, there are elements of the game that you can be mad about, sure. But just don't – like, one game is one game. And I think the team really did a great job of that all year long where um, they were – they really just had that one-game approach and were just like, yeah, okay, one game. Like, let's move on to the next one. And nothing ever seemed to really, like, stick with them for a long period of time. So that was that was fun to watch. Yeah, I uh, I was looking uh, – doing my research for the interview. I was looking at your, your Instagram, and I saw that video of you – after the game six win um, Griffin and I both were in the arena and we both kind of had those range of emotions. I think Griffin shed a couple tears. I think you came close to shedding a couple tears after game six. I, on the other hand, was just the, the yelling bro who just couldn't, couldn't hold it together. Um, well, but- well, for me, it was the, I couldn't feel my arms after, as I was holding the camera to record the screen. Like I was just doing my best to focus on just holding my arms up because there was so much adrenaline running through my body. Oh, yeah. I didn't have any blood in my arms at all. And I couldn't feel them anymore. It, it was it was a crazy moment. Can you talk a little bit about how that felt seeing that the final seconds tick off the clock? Because for me, like I still talk about it and I get goosebumps when I think about it and I go back and watch the videos too. Um, kind of yeah. what, what, what was your range of emotions after that? Oh, it was – we're talking game six. Uh, game Santa six Cup, against right? – Yep. Tampa. Yeah. Okay. Because then game six against uh, St. Louis was a range of emotions too, but yes. not, not quite the. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it was cool because we were we were kind of on location in uh, in St. John, Nova Scotia, or New Brunswick rather, which is like a small town east coast in Canada, um, and we were there for the Memorial Cup, and so it was cool to like watch the game with all the all the people I work with who are just basically like family at this point. Like we are just all best friends, and so just we piled into a hotel room after a nice, a nice meal, watched the game. And um, like everyone, like all of them were pumped for me as much as I was pumped for the team. So like that, it was just a really cool experience, but um, it didn't really feel real until those final yeah. seconds. And like Jesse got his phone out, and started like filming me. I was like, Oh, like this is happening. Like they're actually 
gonna win the Stanley Cup. It was it was surreal. It was it was so surreal. I I still still think about it. It's like a dream that it's like oh, did it happen? Like yeah, no, it happened. They are they are. I'm already thinking about next year though. I'm like let's yep. go back to back now. Like right. let's do it. I was let's just like it, it all happened so fast this year. I want to slow yeah. down time next year and do it all again properly. Now that we exactly. know how to do it, but. Uh, speaking of next year, it seems like the celebration kind of had to be cut short pretty quickly with the draft and free agencies. So short after that, we've already lost a couple of guys like Kemper and Berkey. How do you feel this offseason has gone so far for the abs? And by extension, we can get into this later. What's what do you think is going on with Nazem Kadri? Do you think he's coming back at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll start with the offseason thing. And I don't know how you guys feel, but Twitter is an interesting place, um, <laughs> especially for abs takes. Like, it, yeah, it's is just, it ever? It's it's weird. It's a it's a weird place. I think the offseason is it's been I guess I have two mindsets of it. It's like it's been a little more expensive than you probably wanted to see for certain guys. And like but at the end of the day, that's the reality of like trying to keep a Stanley cup team together that, I mean, if you sign these guys back, like, yeah, that's amazing. Like they're, they're really important pieces. And so like the Nachushkin one, I had no problem with. I was just like, sign him for whatever he wants. Like hey, he's 27. I was the exact same way. Yeah. And like, if his production falls off, then it falls off, but at least like he gives you value everywhere on the ice. And I think him playing top six minutes, like he, I think his production will stay. So that's good. Like, the Lackanen deal, like, yeah, you you just gave up Justin Barron, who's a really good prospect. Like, you are keeping that guy no matter what. So, like, give him all – like, he scored the most clutch goals ever for this team. Every game they needed a goal, he came up with one. And he is just Nachushkin light, basically. Like, he's, he's a great player, can play up and down your lineup. Like, you've solidified five of your top six forwards for the next four-plus years once you sign McKinnon. So, you don't even have to worry about your forward group. Like, you have six guys that are – amazing hockey players that can play up and down the lineup that you can try all these different combinations with and you've got them locked up. Like, yeah, you do that every time. Um, Manson was interesting. I mean, he got less than Ben Chirot. So like, that's, that's a bargain. If you want to look at it from that perspective and he's a right-hand shot and he filled in great with Gerard going down. So like, that's, that's great. I, I was hoping that like the cadre thing is just, it's really interesting. I, I, <laughs> What I've learned this offseason is a lot of people think Sam Gerrard is not a good hockey player anymore. Thank you, Luca. And Thank you. We just talked about that. Man. Yeah, it's surprising. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, like, it's what, it's what crazy. I said on our last episode is people seem to have misunderstood that the Avs won in spite of Sam Gerrard being injured, not because of it. Yeah, like they were not playing Jack Johnson a lot because they played like were, six minutes a game. Yeah, and the reason is because <laughs> he's not Sam Gerrard and like – Sam Gerrard could play more minutes and be effective. And Ian Manson, I thought, looked really well together when they did play together. And so, thank you. Um, and like thank I tweeted, I, I don't understand why Avs fans like want to trade him. And not the literal sense where, like, okay, if you can trade him for like someone tossed out like Pierre Luc Dubois, like, yeah, you have a surplus of defensemen. Sure, go make that trade if it means you're going to trade for Pierre Luc Dubois sign him to a reasonable deal. Like, I don't know, give him the exact money Gerard made, or maybe I'd probably have to give him a little more to be honest. But like, I, I wouldn't, it just makes no sense to me from the standpoint that like, if you're going to trade him just to sign Kadri back and like, listen, we all love Nazem Kadri. Like he's an incredible player. He had an incredible season. He is an abs legend forever. Like I love the guy. I want to see him back. If he signs back and still produces the way he does, like amazing. That's amazing. I, I, that's the best case scenario. If he doesn't though, and like he just put up his career year and doesn't produce like an $8 million or $9 million player, which you'd have to pay him for, then that, that's like, that's the moves that the abs have not made. And like, that's why they are in this position. And so it's just like, I get wanting to keep the team together, but I wouldn't do it at the expense of like, maybe just having this salary cap anchor that you can't get rid of. But also like, if you do sign him for that long-term money and that amount, does that make it harder to sign Byron back? Like, that's the guy I'm looking at that just like, don't do anything that can't let you sign him back because he proved in this playoff run, like he's a superstar and you want him on your team for the next five, six, seven, forever year. So if that means kind of flying by the seat of your pants at two C this season and seeing if new hook can take it or just 
signing someone on the cheap, then sure, do that. Or maybe there's a trade to be had out there for Sam Gerrard that works for both ways and brings you back a young guy that maybe just needs more minutes or a Pierre-Luc Dubois type player. I'd be happy with that. But if if you're going to do it just to sign Kadri and that means it, it's harder to sign Byram back and, and sign him to a long-term deal, I wouldn't do it personally. And I love Kadri. Like, I want him back. Of course I do. But the money is just crazy. Yeah, you I, – I, I wonder – if you didn't listen to our last episode, this is what we talked about the entire time. <laughs> about how – yeah, about how it's – Nazem Kadri is fantastic. But like you just said, the abs have been so smart with their moves uh, this entire run that – this just seems like a strictly like an emotional decision. You got to keep that cap flexibility with guys like Byram and you got to McKinnon's contract coming up and it just makes no sense. And I love Nazem Kadri too, but he's, he's a 65 point per year guy. This was the anomaly year for him. Um, So I agree. And we, we both talked about it yesterday too, with Sam Gerrard. If you are trading him, it has to be for someone like Pierre-Luc Dubois or JT Miller. Like you're not just trading Sam Gerrard for a salary dump. People forget how solid he is. And we looked at too, Griffin, what was he yesterday? He was playing 21 minutes a game before he got hurt. Yeah. Like like it's very obvious. There was one game where, except the one he got hurt and where he played less than 20 minutes out of the, I believe six games that he ended up playing. He's a minute eater on this team and he takes the pressure off of Kale McCarr and Devon And it's a miracle that Byram stepped up at such a young age and was able to eat those minutes instead. That's a luxury other teams don't have. And I feel like it has made us underappreciate what Sam Gerard can bring to the table. I just look at like, imagine if you had them both and you know, people talked about like, well, Gerard's going to be a third pair guy. Not really. You're just going to have, you're going to run two second pairs out there and they're going to play similar minutes pretty much the entire season. It's not a bad thing. Well, and if injuries happen again, like Byron missed all of the year, like he missed the entire year. Eric Johnson two years ago got hurt, like injuries happen. So why would you not want, and clearly the strength of this team, like as much as, as much as they are an offensive heavy team and score a lot of goals and are so talented and fast, like, if, if we learned anything about them in the playoffs, it was that they won in spite of their goaltending for sure. And like Kemper was amazing during the regular season. He didn't have a great playoffs injuries happen. And like, I'm sure that affected his play. But what you can say is that the abs defense was incredible all playoffs long. They limited shots and chances and suppressed opponents to a point where it's just like, this is clearly the strength of your team. Why would you just like, you're, you're replacing Jack Johnson next year with Sam Gerrard again. And why would you not want that? Like, especially if you have a hole at 2C and think that maybe you can fill it down the line, but like next season, let's go into it with just the best D core in the entire NHL and win that way while also still being really, really good offensively. And it'll be fun. Yeah. Right. And that, that's, it, it, I feel like that's one thing that uh, Christian, I forgot to bring up yesterday is like, what happens if Byram catches another elbow to the head or something? Like he, I love the guy. He's probably my, yeah, favorite, he's probably my favorite Av right now, but if he catches another elbow to the head, that could have significant long-term career implications. And like even something unforeseen happening, like what if Devontae's gets hurt or something, mm-hmm. or God, God forbid something happens to Kale McCarr or something. Do we all forget when Kale McCarr went out, not last season, but the season before when Gerard stepped into that role? And I talked about this briefly, was kind of being considered for Norris for like a couple weeks there because he was filling that role that well. I feel like people kind of forgot about that with Gerard. Yeah, I, and I think they, they really are just looking at like one down year plus the Vegas series and like nothing he did before that. And it's just like it, – It's annoying. It's annoying for sure. But you, we kind of talked about this too. What are your thoughts on uh, Kemper leaving and Georgiev coming in? Feeling pretty good about that? Or yeah. what are your thoughts on that? I, I do. I mean, I, I feel like I was super hard on Darcy Kemper in the playoffs, but it really got to the point where like it felt like the only way the abs were going to lose is just if he, if like, if that series got to seven, it would have been because there was just a save that he didn't make. Like it, they played. They outplayed Tampa basically every single game. I mean, the blowout loss was an interesting one because it just felt like, and that game especially too, like if he makes two saves, like they're still in that game. They're they're absolutely still in that game. And then 
the loss at at home on home ice in game five like the slap oh, shot coming down like that that's got to be a save it's, yeah. it's one save here and there and it's just like um i know he was an amazing goalie during the regular season and i think injuries probably affected his play more so than we wanted to kind of talk about and like that's fine but he's playing so he's got to be better than that in those moments for sure and so it's just like you're gonna absolutely talk about how if that goal is soft like that goal is soft and that sucks but um it, it did really really feel like at one point if the abs were gonna lose in the stanley cup final or get eliminated in the playoffs like it would be because the goaltending wasn't up to par and it there were some nervous moments for sure and so like, I think Darcy Kemper is an amazing goalie still. I think he's probably one of the five best goalies in hockey. Like, we saw a stretch of 30 games where he was just like, okay, yeah, I'm in the Vesna conversation now. Like, he was, he was brilliant. Oh, yeah. And, and, like, ever since he came back in January, there were stats that backed up that, like, yeah. hey, this guy, you can make the argument he's been the best goalie in the league during that run. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, Washington's getting a really, really good goalie. But I also understand, like, if you can save a few million dollars on not signing a, a little bit of an older goalie to a long-term deal that he wants, because you're so confident in the rest of your team, which why wouldn't you be? Because you saw it in the playoffs. You could win with shaky goaltending. You want a cup with shaky goaltending. So why not take a chance on a guy that has a lot of upside in Georgiev that's a lot younger, that's going to be more cost-effective. Like it just seems it like it sucks because he just won a Stanley cup with you and like, despite the shortcomings in the playoffs, like you wouldn't have done it without him. He was great. At the same time, like these are the forward thinking moves that I think Tampa Bay is so good at. And you saw it with the McDonough trade. Like they, these are just the moves you have to make sometimes if you want to win more than one cup and not just are short-sighted on winning just one Stanley cup and like, okay, we did it. Now what? Like, let's sign everyone back. Let's just run it back. Or run like, it back. Let's do these things. Exactly. Like, and that's what teams like the Blackhawks did. It's what the Capitals did. And it's mm-hmm. talking about Darcy Kemper. I, I had a theory about him all season. Christian knows this one. I had a theory that the worse we played in front of him, the better he was because of how he was in Arizona and everything facing all those shots. It seemed like, especially late in the regular season where we were routinely giving up 35, 40 plus shots a night. And those were the games that he was outstanding in. And then in the playoffs, I know his eyes was, were a problem and everything, but the better defense we played in front of him, once a shot did get through, it seemed like he had trouble managing it at times. The Caps defense there. I live in Maryland. They're my other team, by the way, but the Caps defense is nowhere near as good as the avalanche is. And so I'm going to see firsthand just how, how close I am with that theory with him. Cause I, I think he's going to be great here. And I agree with you completely that it's just a smart move to take a chance on a younger goalie who is frustrated with his situation in New York. And it seems like they're trying the Grubauer thing again. It's a risk for sure, but it's this team wouldn't make it if they weren't sure they could at least turn him into something. For sure. For sure. And like, I think there's always truth to the, like, I feel like goalies are such a unique position where it's just like the more work they get, they're probably going to be better. Like if you haven't faced a shot in a while, a good chance in a while, like, then yeah, you might be a little more shaky. And so like, I, I totally understand that. And, and the abs be like, <laughs> maybe giving up less chances is a bad thing, but it's like, no, it's not. It's, you, you just got to make those saves. That's what you're paid to do kind of thing. Right. Yeah, because I mean, Kemper was what? What did he end up finishing in the Stanley Cup final? Like nine nine oh two, and we won a cup yeah, against. I think, I think his. I think his whole playoff run was nine oh two. If I'm re- if I'm remembering that right off the top yeah. of my head, but yeah, but, but in, you in still part. won a cup against Andre Vasilevsky, the greatest goalie in the world, with mm-hmm. subpar goaltending. So y- you can do it. Um, I I just think with the Abs defense, and it just goes right back to that point of not trading Sam Gerrard. If you allow 20 shots a game, if your goalie makes 19 saves, you're you're feeling good. Yeah. So um I, I like the move. It's it's a smart move. It's basically a repeat of what we did last year with Grubauer. And we saw how well that worked out for Grubauer. Um going to Seattle. That's gonna be sadly a pretty bad contract unless he can bounce back. But I, I'm excited about that move. Um I'm gonna kind of circle back to uh last year with the cup. What are your thoughts? Do you think that this was we've had this conversation. Do you think this was one of the most dominant runs in Stanley cup history? Like could this Avs team go down as one of the greatest teams of all time? 
Probably. I, it's, it's such a great question. And I feel like I don't know what teams have kind of been like this dominant. It, it, it never felt like a team that they faced had a chance. And um, maybe for one reason or another, like the Blues, the Blues felt, I guess, weird just because you're they were facing Bennington and he looked great. And then obviously he gets hurt, whatever. And yeah. that's always going to be like a maybe a weird point in contention of it. Um, of just like the greatest or one of the greatest teams is like the opponents you face. But then again, like they, they absolutely dominated everyone they faced. And like if a team got a game on them and two teams were swept and two teams got two games on them. And even in those games that they got, it just felt like maybe one or two of them was like, okay, you got us tonight. But the other ones felt like, Oh yeah, we should probably should have won that game. So. Yeah, well, that, um, that was, that was my fault. Cause I, we lost four games. I was there for three of them. So. <laughs> Yeah, he was the bad luck charm. He's he's not he's we have to get him back out here for a regular season games and break that curse. Yeah, but no yeah. joke. All three home games they lost, Griffin was at. So yep. I, 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 I told him if, if the game if it went to game seven, I love I was him. Not going. He, he wasn't yeah, coming to game seven. I was not yeah. going. He wasn't going. Yeah. So, I respect that. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean, you look at the team, they had four losses. I mean, the other team I can think of is that Blackhawks team in the shortened season. But no, even no then, they, if if they lose game five or six to Detroit, they're not in this conversation at all. That Blackhawks yeah. team, like the the Kings, came close because they if they finished off the Devils early, they wouldn't have lost four games at all. They would have lost two on their entire run. But they were an eight seed coming into that season, and it was Jonathan Quick who did that. It's it's really slim pickings when you look at teams that can genuinely say they had a more dominant run than this avalanche team. Like it really harkened back to like the, the eighties with the Islanders and the Oilers, like those kind of runs where there's no other teams really even that close to them. Yeah. Yeah. And they like in the games sometimes just felt, even if they were close in the scoreboard, it just felt like now like this, what we're watching here is definitely like, the abs are the abs are dominating and right. they are going to find a way to win this and like the score might be close but it's just like nah they like this is this is what we're seeing is one team that is clearly better than the other and the other team is only in this game because of xyz kind of thing and i think that leads right into the next point is that the abs the west i don't think anyone in the west got significantly better or can compete with the abs again this year. I think it's once again, the abs conference to lose. I mean, you look at Vegas, they still didn't have enough players and they're at the cap ceiling. Edmonton got better, but we kind of saw in that series that if we got decent goaltending, it was over. And and we swept anyway. Yeah. We swept them anyway. So I, do you think that this is again going to be looking forward to next year? I know it's way speculation, but would you be shocked if the abs don't make it back to the cup final again? Yeah, I mean, I, I think West, like, not winning two rounds would definitely be a disappointment. Like, Vegas is always going to scare me just because I, I think that they're so talented and they have so many great players. And, like, the goaltending situation is a little messed up. And I feel like a couple of their big-name defenders didn't play as well this year as they should have. But they've got a new coach coming in. And, like, I know they just traded Max Patrick, which is so wild. But, like, if, if they figure out like the whole Eichel thing and Mark Stone and like, they still have so much talent on that team that I'm always going to be a little nervous about them. And like, I'll always think kind of highly of them and until I really see it for a couple of years in a row of them being not good and, and not really figuring it out. And like, they had so many injuries last year. So I kind of want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but yeah, like Minnesota got worse. Like Fiala has gone um, and they're, they've turned the crease over to Mark Andre Fleury at his age. Like that's always a risk. Um, David Perron has gone off the blues. And um, I think the blues are like, I, people always say that I don't give the blues enough respect. I don't, I just don't think they're that great. Like I don't think yeah. their defense is that great. I think Bennington played really well in the playoffs, but we saw during the regular season that he was not very good. And so like, put that together again, like he had, like he had, he got hot in this cup run and he's been okay ever since, but I don't think he's ever been as good as he was in that cup run for them. And they just got hot at the absolute right time. Um, and I think they're an aging team as well. They've got some really good young guys for sure, but um, that are going to develop. But I think that like they'll be a pesky team. Maybe that's fine. Um, Dallas. Yeah. Like Dallas is Dallas. Like Nashville is Nashville. Edmonton seems to really be the only competition unless the flames 
find a way to fill that big Johnny Gaudreau gap that they have in that void. And like, that's not going to be easy. Um, but I think we saw the flames get exposed a little bit. And, um, that was interesting to see, but yeah, like, I don't think Jack Campbell, like bring what the Oilers did and just basically bringing Kane back, bringing Kulak back. And then I guess they'll get Clefbaum back from injury, but they're trying to trade Cooley RV. Like I, I just don't see them with Jack Campbell being able to, hang with the app still like i I, yeah. I mean it could happen because Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl are two of the best players in the world but based on what we saw like the abs are perfectly capable of defending those guys with the core that they have on the back end and they did a masterful job and so i just don't really know what changes if they meet again in a series like okay jack campbell's in that they still got peppered and it's not like jack campbell <laughs> has proven himself to be one of the best goaltenders for a long period of time like he was great in the first half of the season dealt with injuries in the second half of the season was decent in the playoffs. Like he was up and down had some good games, had some bad games, but um, it's not like you're going from Mike Smith to Andre Vasilevsky here. Like you're going from Mike Smith, to Jack Campbell, who still has question marks about him. So yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that like anything other than a Western conference final appearance is a bit of a disappointment for sure. A big disappointment. Yeah. And, and it's, it's also, it's not like Mike Smith is the reason the Oilers lost that series. He, no. Mike Smith was perfectly respectable in that series. And what's Jack Campbell going to bring that's going to push them over the top. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll, he'll give them a division title. He'll be better in the regular season for them yeah. for sure. But Smith was fine in that series. I thought at least, and I don't know, McDavid and Drysdale, maybe they can get a little better. Like if you run that series back, it's probably not a sweep again, but we're we're talking about the Oilers. It's why I said all season, you got to beat the abs four times in the playoffs to beat them. Like it's, it's damn near impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like, that's the thing where it's just like, yeah, good luck beating this team four times. Like you may take one, you may take two because that's just how sports work sometimes and luck and things like that. But yeah, good luck getting four. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1 thousand dollars that's right make your first bet up to one thousand dollars and if you don't win you'll get another shot to cash in you can throw down on all the major action for baseball golf mma and more plus with same game parlays spreads money lines over unders and props your betting options feel endless even though hockey's over there is still plenty to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook and best of all DraftKings is safe secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, I, I completely agree that if we run that series back, maybe game three, if Mike Smith make that save on JT Comfer, I mean, that's maybe the one shaky goal you can talk about. But then you go back to game four, the Oilers had two goal lead in the third period and the abs just onslaughted them in that third period. And if it wasn't for Zach Hyman getting the knuckle puck by Frankie, I think the abs win that game in regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and pe- people complain about um, shaky goaltender. The abs beat the Oilers with their backup goaltender. Yeah. <laughs> and um, something that the Blues couldn't do to the Avs and the Oilers couldn't do to the Avs either. Um, I just, I don't think there was a team that was beating this team four times. And you mm-hmm. talked about it too in the Stanley Cup final with uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I, I agree. I think the Avs outplayed the Lightning in pretty much every game. If yeah. it wasn't for Vasilevsky in that game three, he made two remarkable saves on JT Comfort. Mm-hmm. We're talking the Avs could have four goals. And if Darcy stops one or two of them, it's we're, we're, t- we're talking about a potential sweep of the back-to-back yeah. champs, which would have been absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it after two games for sure. And like I game four was maybe a little, a little time. I mean, that was just an insane game overall, but it, it did feel like they were, especially like third period on, it was just like, have to the better team right now like they, i'm not yeah. i'm not too worried about this like they're pressing and tampa bay just felt like it had one line of offense that was consistent throughout the series and after that it was just like they were just searching for anything and they couldn't they couldn't get anything they couldn't get anything going it was 
I agree. Game four was probably one of the greatest hockey games I've ever watched. Um, just the atmosphere and ball arena at that watch party was electric. Um, it was so much fun. But if we go back to the playoff run outside of game six, what is your favorite moment of that, of this past playoff run? Oh, that's so tough. I mean, being, being at like four games, two in the Western conference final. And then that, that game four in Tampa was, was nuts. Like that was, that was probably, probably my favorite moment. Just not knowing it went in and seeing everyone celebrate after and just like having that view of it was something I'll never forget. Um, and then just my first apps playoff game ever that Edmonton game one was absolutely insane and bonkers and just didn't even make sense. And no. I was stressed because I was like half working, but also watching the game and just trying to enjoy. And it was just, it was nuts. Um, the St. Louis, like the end of the St. Louis series though, is, is just an underrated one. Like that was, that was so much fun. Like Darren Helm scoring with no time on the clock to yeah. finally send them to the Western conference final after all these years, like that was such a cool moment. So th- those are my top three. If I had to kind of pick a top. I like it. I like it. Does that with working for TSN and bar down, it, do they encourage you guys to kind of cheer for your own team? Or do you have to kind of be like the old school media where you're not allowed to cheer? Like how does that work now in today's age? So because like bar down is so, is so, I mean, that's part of the great thing about like working for bar down and obviously TSN as well, but being like kind of under the bar down brand and umbrella, we get to just be us and cheer for the teams that we love cheering for. And so um, it's allowed me to go to the Stanley cup final like that. That's what happened. That's why I was able to go there because of how much I cheer for my team. Like that's, that's what went into it was just cheering for my team and, and just loving the apps. And so, yeah, it's definitely encouraged and like we want to lean into it as much as we possibly can, which is I think amazing. that's awesome. I, I never understood that about the media, about how they aren't allowed to cheer for like a specific team. Like, no, I, I want my media members who are writing about the team to care about the team just as much as I do. Yeah. So I love how that's going on in like new school media. You see it with with Bar Down. You see it with like Steve Dangle and the Maple Leafs. Like they, they encourage you guys to to cheer for your teams. And I think it just adds so much more authenticity to the people that like, Hey, this guy cares just as much as I do about this team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think it's a huge reason why you see bar down getting as big as it is. Cause I mean, you got Jesse, who's the huge jets fan. I mean, I'm, I, he probably has gone through it through thick and thin, but uh, I, I just think that's awesome. I, I think that's why I love falling bar down. And so much as you guys give that authentic hockey feel. So just pump Appreciate your tires it. a little bit there. I, I, think what you guys are doing, I think what you guys are doing is great. I love all your content you guys put Thank out. Thank you. So. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. Like I, I cannot complain about it one bit. I, I work with just my best friends basically. And we get to work in hockey and um, not only work in hockey, but like try and also change hockey culture and um, the- talk about some really important things. Like it, it doesn't really get better than what we're doing. It's, it's a dream. Yeah. True. It's awesome, man. Yeah. I, uh, we're envious. We're, we're trying to get there. Um, we, wow. we lucked out our first year. Griffin started hosting the podcast, uh, the year we lost to Vegas. And then I joined at the start of this year. So we're one for one together oh. for winning Stanley cup. So we're hoping to go two for two. Um, Love it. but it's just been a blast and abs Twitter while they can be, uh, <laughs> impatient. Sometimes I do love a majority of people and I'm, I'm glad I finally got to saw you on there. So, uh, Griffin, I don't know if you, you got anything else for Luca or can we send him on his way? No, I mean, this has been outstanding so far. Luca, if you want to plug anything you're working on, you've got the floor. Go right ahead. No, I got nothing. I just, uh, I really appreciate you guys um, just having me on, taking the time. Like, it was, it's great to meet you. And um, I'm definitely, like, I've already said it, I'm, I'm going to be there for opening night and watch that banner get raised. So I'll be there um, too. You shoot me a message. I'll be there. I, I'm in the nosebleeds. I'm in the nosebleeds. I'm way up. I won't be as close as you, but. Hey, yeah. I don't know where I'm sitting. I don't care where I'm sitting at this I'll, point. I will I'll be there anywhere. in spirit because uh, <laughs> unfortunately as a college student, I can't really do that in the middle of the semester as much as I wish I could. I wish they had more home games during that stretch. So I can consider it because the day after is my birthday. So I really wish oh, that man. I really wish that could have worked out, but I'll be That's there eventually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Eventually I know at some point we'll all be there and we'll, we'll do this in person. Maybe one time. Love it'll, it. be a, it'll be a good time, but yeah, I'll be there. And I know like we've, I've got, I mean, the best part about this is just having such a great relationship with the team and working with them. And so yep. um, 
we definitely have talked about doing some future stuff and I don't know what we're going to do, but um, those conversations will hopefully happen in the summer and hopefully we can make some more great content together because it yeah. was just a blast working for them. Yeah. I'm hoping uh, like I, I know personally that the abs Twitter manager knows who I am, but I have no idea who they are. They respond to my tweets all the time. I still have no idea who the person is running the account. Um, but she that's awesome. amazing. Yeah, she, she seems amazing. I, I, I don't know who she is, but she does respond to a lot of my tweets. Um, so, yeah, we have a great social media team, and I'm glad you got to work with them. Um, but once again, man, thanks for, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll see you here in the future. Absolutely. Like I said, thanks for having me on. And I'll, I'll shout her out. Madeline is her name. She's incredible. The entire team is incredible. Like, they, they were just amazing to work with. And honestly, like, I've, I've never worked with another team before, nor, like, have I met a lot of people that work for teams in the social media department, but I will say from like the top down, like Joe Sack knows everybody that works for his, his That's organization awesome. and like is the nicest guy talks to everybody. Like he, he really cares from the top down um, about what's going on with his team and just his employees. And so um, I'm like, not just saying this cause I'm an ass fan. It's cause I've, I've literally experienced it and worked with those people and they're all incredible so it's a if you're an abs fan just know it's a great team on the ice but off the ice too they they are awesome so yeah that's that's all (laughs) i just had one last question too what sign are you gonna make what sign are you gonna make uh because you got to follow up that kale mccarr sign (laughs) i don't know what you're gonna do but you gotta come up with something so maybe we talk offline about that but you gotta come up with something man because it that, that was one of the best signs i ever saw Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm open to any and all ideas. So I'm, okay. I'm, I haven't had any time to think about it just yet, but open to any and all ideas, any suggestions Love it. work. Love it. Well, Luca, thanks, man. We appreciate it. And I uh, hope we will talk soon in the future. Absolutely. Thanks yeah, again absolutely. for having me, guys. Thank you so much for, having, for coming on. We appreciate it. Anytime. Like I said, thanks for having me. It's, it's been a blast. All right. And that was our talk with Luca from Bar Down and TSN. Thanks again to him for taking the time out of his day to come and join us. Chris, that was a, that was a pretty fun conversation. I enjoyed that. That was a really fun conversation. I felt great knowing that we aren't alone in the love of Sam Gerard. Um, that, that I, I, you can't see us yet. We're eventually going to hopefully start doing a YouTube show and all that, but we both just put our hands up like, thank you, Luca. Thank yes. you for If you listened to the show yesterday, you knew he basically echoed all the points that we talked about. Um, So that made me feel good knowing that a a paid hockey mind professional like Luca was was on our page. So um, just fantastic. Finally, I feel like someone just echoing our sentiment on like people put a lot of pressure on the abs this season. and It really never made any sense when you thought about like, yeah, the Vegas loss was disappointing, but like come on with the with the three second round exits in a row thing like that's not the same circumstances it it made us feel validated for what we've been saying all year so and that's coming from a guy in toronto who i i can't even imagine i would have next time we talk to him i'll talk to him about how crazy it is in toronto because i i want to go to toronto and just see like how crazy they are about the maple leafs but it is kind of cool to think that one stray uh found their way to colorado and latched onto the abs he was even wearing a du shirt for the yeah, it's, weird, it's weird how we've had two of these guys on now between Drew and Luca. They've just they found their way, man. They, they find they their chose way. The right team to cheer yeah. for. Which we only so, have. We only have the smart ones on the show, obviously. Yeah, obviously we, we can't have any. I mean, obviously Steve Dangle is welcome anytime, but uh, of course, yeah. But but Drew Drew and uh, Luca have been fantastic and um, just a really really fun conversation. It's amazing what happens when you shoot your shot sometimes on Twitter. <laughs> And it works. Yeah, it's if, if, if you um, put enough out there, eventually you're going to yeah, get the reply. Don't get me wrong. I've shot probably like 300 times. Yeah. I, I, I hit like one. So we're on a hot streak of one. So we'll keep going with that. But uh, yeah, this was a great little bonus episode for y'all. We, we teased it a little bit with Luca coming on. Um, we'll be back recording Wednesday night and releasing Thursday. Um, although I love seeing your beautiful face, Griffin, I, I don't I know too. if there's much more to talk about. Than we, no, we, we man, talk about. I, I really think we covered it all yesterday because there has yeah. been literally nothing else that's even happened in the NHL. Nope. So, uh, we're going to get to work talking about how we're going to do this off season. Pretty yes. soon. Yeah. We'll, we'll be good. We'll figure oh, something out. We'll figure out. We, we keep saying we'll figure it out. It's, it's going to come up on us sooner than we think yeah. but gonna come up sooner but i did want to plug that we are we are in talks to get this on youtube and you can see our our, our beautiful faces hopefully sometime soon but 
Um, I don't want to, I don't want to deprive anyone of looking at me and my, yeah, no, you don't want to see my beautiful background of my white wall behind me. Well, Um, it would, it would take away from both of our natural beauty if we just had stuff behind us anyway. There's also going to be that 100% time because we're both wearing the Stanley cup hat. Um, when we both wear the Stanley cup shirt while we're recording too, that's going to happen. And Um, and once we are like doing video and stuff, you're never going to see me without a hat. And that is for very good reason. Yes. hundred percent too. I I wear a hat all the time too, but, um, that's coming. Get excited about that. Um, use promo code teledabs. It is with SeatGeek to get $20 off your first purchase of $50 or more. Go see a baseball game. I'm sure there's plenty of concerts coming up. Um, or wait, AFS tickets just went on sale today for next season. Use promo code teledabs. It is get a ticket to opening night. Come see, uh, come see the abs, raise the banner. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got. What a fun episode we had. I'm glad I took an extra day of vacation. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty fun stuff. Thanks again to Luca for coming on Christian. You just did all the the sponsor obligations. So I got you, man. Let's cut right to the outro here. Once again, thank you all so very much for, for tuning in. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay, and you can follow the show at tell it as it is. But again, Thank you all so much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time when there is hopefully something to talk about. Let's be honest. There won't be. No, there won't be. There won't Kad- be. Kadri will sign on Thursday. Probably. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. Nope. We'll, let's be real. We're, Wednesday is going to be yeah. jack full of nothing. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. We're, we're, <laughs> we're good, right? We're good at this. Yeah, We'll be good. We'll be I good. I don't, but... I don't want to accidentally let it slip to listeners that we just make this up as we go or anything like that. <laughs> I don't know. If they maybe have caught on by now, but. Uh, well, 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 if they haven't, I don't want to be the one that tells them. True. Are you still true. recording? Yeah, I think oh. so. Is that what that little red dot means? I don't know. Nah, we'll see. It'll be fine. Yeah, there we go. Well, have a good day, guys. Good rest of your night whenever you're listening to this. Uh, um, I can't wait to talk to you again on Thursday where we will find something to talk about. Yeah, we'll see you all then. Enjoy the rest of your week. And let's go abs. Mm-hmm.